Welcome to another episode of Purple Ponderings with Pankaj. And today we have with us Gyrus from Church Mutual. Guy, a pleasure to have you with us on this episode. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Uh, Guy, for the people that may have uh, may not have heard about you, because you're really low profile as I've seen, uh, you know, and, and known you for a while, uh, could you take a few minutes and just talk a little bit about your role? What is it that you do at Church Mutual um, so that our, our, our listeners know? Absolutely. Yeah, maybe just uh, Church Mutual itself. We're the largest insurer of religious institutions in the country. Um, we don't, we're not limited to houses of worship, though. We also write senior living facilities, camps, nonprofit and human services type organizations, uh, and all types of education facilities, public, private, uh, parochial, charter, etc. So I serve as the assistant vice president of risk control, and I also wear maybe another hat that's a little odd combination, but also the head of our innovation program here at Church Mutual. Excellent. Excellent. So I'm going to, uh, you know, launch right into it and just start with, a, with just an open-ended question around, uh, Guy, you've been, you know, with working in the IoT and experimenting with it, actually more than experimenting it, you've seen real results, but just, can you just share uh, at a broad level your perspective on IoT as it's evolved and where it stands today from your, from your standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Church Mutual has been really heavy into using IoT to help prevent and mitigate losses with our policyholders uh, going all the way back to 2014 is when we started experimenting with it and then uh, really took a production view of it in 2016. And since then, we've put sensors in more than 7,000 uh, policyholder locations. Uh, these are water and temperature devices, uh, and we are seeing wonderful results from those in terms of actually preventing losses, uh, both from a frozen pipes perspective, as well as water leaks and keeping uh, water leaks down to um, keeping those damages much lower than they would be if, if we weren't um, using those devices. Uh, what's really interesting in our space, especially when you think about houses of worship, uh, they're only occupied a couple of days a week, uh, many of them. Some of them are, are open all week long, but uh, the majority really are only having services uh, once or twice a week, and the facilities might be absolutely empty the rest of the time. So if a, a water leak starts uh, on Monday, they might not find it until Saturday evening if they come in as they're preparing for the next day's services. Uh, so that's, uh, a, you know, a situation where using an IoT device, something that collects data that then you can use to inform individuals of something that's going on is a very nice fit. Uh, at least we found it to be. Um, uh, and it's really, though, that aspect of not just having the device there, but actually using the data that's coming off of it to try to influence behavior. And in this case, help people see something that's going on so they can react to it. Um, or hopefully on the free side, help them understand where temperatures are falling and pipes are getting colder and have them do something before there's an event that occurs. Um, and those are things like, you know, maybe the furnace has stopped working. And again, they wouldn't know it maybe for several days. Uh, if we didn't have a, a device in there uh, that's collecting that data and then giving it to us to be able to inform them that something's not right. Excellent, excellent. Uh, you know, as you've described this journey and, and, and how you've progressed with it, I'm sure there would have been some challenges, right, that you would have faced 
and maybe you continue to face, right? So could you talk a little bit about what were the challenges that you faced that you were able to overcome? And then maybe some of the things that you may still continue to, uh, you know, wish to, you know, from an improvement standpoint. So just to get that perspective on both sides of the current. Yeah, it, as you and, and the listeners can imagine, uh, there's a cycle that happens whenever you're trying to do something with new technology, where the initial challenges are really about the technology and getting the technology to do the thing that you want it to do. Um, in our case, when we started um, experimenting with sensors, uh, really wireless capabilities in the sensors themselves was was just taking off. and so. The initial sensors we put out, we actually had to run Ethernet cable from the sensor to the gateway. Um, now, of course, those are all wireless uh, radio frequency inside the building, so we don't have to do things like that. But those are some of those early challenges. Now, as we've as the technology has matured and, and gets a little bit easier to use and more effective, the the biggest challenge we have is actually the behavior of getting these things installed or or placed uh, in the facilities. So we don't charge our policyholders anything outside of their policy premium. Uh, these kits are, are included as part of their policy. Uh, so we ship them right to their door um, with the idea that they'll actually do the placement of them in their facility. Uh, we're trying to get away from the word install now because we're seeing that using that word seems to be a behavioral trigger that has people put this off because they think it's going to be something very, very involved. So those are not only challenges, but things we're learning along the way is how to really influence the behavior so that the device can become active and actually start producing that data so we can give them the value add of the information knowledge about what's going on in their facility. Got it, got it. That's a very interesting point, right? So it's all about uh, the, the, the user behavior, right? And, and, and how do they respond to the same message? I mean, it, I guess what, what you're talking about is that you may use a word and you may think and interpret that word uh, in a certain way, but uh, you know, to somebody else that might mean more work and you know, whatever, like uh, trigger some other uh, behavior, right? And, and changing that is, is what has helped you. That's, that's, right. that's super excellent. Yeah, uh, and on top of in, that, you know, once we get sort of beyond uh, the perceptions of things, the other challenge that's really looming out there is while it may make a lot of sense to us as an insurance carrier to limit these losses, it doesn't necessarily mean anything to their mission or their ministry uh, in these organizations, right? So there's there's also sort of this larger hurdle that that is emerging or that's becoming more evident to us that even when we try to convince policyholders that they can save on their deductible and this helps them to avoid the disruption in their ministries, it's still too far away from their actual mission in terms of their mindset and how they view it. So that's still a hurdle that we need to overcome. We've got some things that we're working on uh, to maybe cross that hurdle pretty significantly, um, but we won't know until we do a little bit more experimentation with those. Got it, got it, got it. Um, you know, one question I, I uh, wanted to ask you is that, uh, you know, uh, the adoption of this technology in the industry in general is still very limited, right? So we've seen not a whole lot of people jump into it. Um, what do you think is, is, if I could ask you to, you know, using your own experience and to your, I'm sure you're connected and chat with some of your 
uh, industry brethren what, what would you hear as as challenges that have you know sort of slowed the adoption of this technology yeah it, it really seems to be that chasm of going from something you're not doing at all today to believing in something new and how it's going with what result you're going to get from it and if people haven't had any experience yet with these devices or what they can actually do in terms of behavior change, it becomes difficult mentally to cross that chasm uh, in any significant way, right? As I talk with people in the industry, it seems like the majority of people are now doing some very small experiments in using these devices, but they're so, they're very small because uh, the, the, decision makers are looking for a proof point that these are going to do something. I think the difficulty with that sort of experimentation in this case is the small experiment doesn't allow you to extrapolate far enough in terms of what it can mean. Uh, we were very um, lucky, I guess, that our leaders at the time uh, had faith in this. They saw this as uh, something that conceptually just made sense to them, uh, and they were they released the resources and made people available to do this very early on to get some pretty large experiments through that then proved the point. Um, hopefully, uh, as people are listening to this and learning more about these uh, in companies that are having good results with it, like us, that'll maybe help move past that hurdle a bit so that even more policyholders can can take advantage of these types of things because i don't there aren't a lot of policyholders i think that'll do it themselves whether we're talking about our type of special area markets or whether we're talking about homeowners unless they get a nudge from their insurers i think um it won't become widespread without that got it got it so what do you think is the one thing that if you had the superpowers to you know, uh, to sort of eliminate, right, as a constraint, uh, sounds like more on the insure, on the insurer side, what would that be? What would you say would that be? Um, that is a great, really good question, Pankaj. I think it's, um, there has to be the belief, right? And that's what really frees up resources. And uh, if we can be a data point for folks, we'd love to do that. Uh, but I think there's others as well that are starting uh, to go in a big way in this space, right? Uh, Hippo and Eos and those kinds of companies really sort of you know, getting their business all focused on this. Um, so I think uh, to wave, wave the magic wand, it would be that we can get everybody across the belief chasm much faster than what we currently are as an industry. Excellent, excellent. And I guess, um, you know, to help with that, believe, you know, one of the things that I've seen and I like your perspective is really finding those true internal champions, right? Because mm -hmm. someone inside has to, because it sounds like what, 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 you, what you did was you were that sort of champion and you had the uh, ears of the, of the leadership, right? To, to buy into and let, let you sort of, you know, try this out and, and give it enough time, right? And, and believe. Um, would you say that that's, you know that is a that is a um, a gap uh, which is you know which needs to be plugged in as well, right? Finding the true internal champion and uh, how do we go about finding this champion? Uh, another good series of questions, and really, I have to give credit to our our current CEO who was in a different role at the time, but Rich Poirier, 
um, really, uh, he became frustrated enough with the losses we were seeing from uh, freezing temperatures and the, the differences in the polar vortex things that are happening these days uh, and really started back in 2014 and then reoccurred in 16 and now are, are actually more of a regular pattern. Uh, his frustration with those losses coupled with um, some some personal experiences he had with some sensors uh, that were working in his own um, in a property that he purchased he put it together in his mind and he said why can't we do this right and I think that's that's one of those that's getting across that chasm of belief right not so much will this work but why can't we use these to do this and then him coming to us as a team and saying prove me why this won't work versus you know, can it work? Uh, and that was his push on that. So I think you're absolutely right. It, it, it starts with leadership, having that vision to see an application that might not be there yet today, but to uh, challenge the team to say, conceptually, this seems like this should work. Why wouldn't it? And then uh, challenge the teams to really innovate toward making those things work. Excellent. Excellent. That's a, uh... That's a great tip, uh, and I guess it's uh, almost like a blueprint for someone to you know to try this out, right? So I think this is, uh, in my own experience, uh, the starting point, right? Having the vision of uh, you know how to think about this, and then giving it the you know care and love and attention, so that uh, once uh, once you get down the path, you know you kind of continue to push it. So that's great, um, excellent. Um, questions for you on, um, you know, in this, I mentioned about our podcast, right? The idea is to, uh, get more and more people to share their stories and what they've tried, what they've not tried. Uh, if you were listening to a future episode of Purple Ponderings, is, is there someone that you'd like to hear from, um, that we, we could try to get in front of? Well, uh, there's lots of folks, right? Uh, of course, there's some of the big names like Elon Musk, right? He would be a great <laughs> person to hear from, although he's he's spread himself across lots of media already. But, um, you know, the I'm not sure I can point to particular individuals, but certainly in companies, American Family is a very interesting company in terms of what they've done on their venture side, as well as their internal innovation and development uh, teams. Um, I mentioned Hippo and Neos and both of those companies, you know, very big on the IoT space um, and hearing about what they're experiencing, right? Whether they're seeing success or whether they're uh, hitting some of these behavioral hurdles would be very interesting to me as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and just so you know, one of the earlier episodes that we had, actually we did record a, a podcast with Aviad, who's the chief product officer at Hippo. So, you know, just so you know, that that's also something that's already out there. Um, one of the earliest people that we had, we had talked to. And it's very interesting you mentioned Hippo because they, uh, they, they do, you know, IoT, have, they have IoT in front and center of their strategy, but they are thinking about this whole home insurance very differently, right? I've not heard mm -hmm. that perspective. And so I think it's, uh, um, you know, some of the names that you mentioned, those are absolutely, uh, you know, great, great ones, even in our research. So we've gotten that, uh, you know, those people interviewed. And we'll continue to do that, right? My, 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 like I said, I'm, I'm very fascinated by how people think about IoT. And every time I talk to someone, it's always 
a different angle so it's a good uh, learning perspective so with that guy i'm going to move towards the last part of our segment where i would uh, want our uh, listeners to know a little bit more about you so what if we start with you telling us something which we would not read about either on your linkedin profile or facebook profile um anything that that the readers uh, that you want them to want them to know Sure. Yeah. I don't know if I would call this claim to fame, but um, I did an internship in Washington, D.C. between my junior and senior years in college, and it happened to be the same summer that Monica Lewinsky was in Washington, D.C. So I did not meet her. I had nothing to do in the White House uh, with anything going on there, but uh, I was in the city at the same time as Monica Lewinsky. Got it. Got it. Well, that is a very odd coincidence, and you know what? We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll stop there. But that is right. something that you you couldn't have put it together. So, uh, next question is, uh, you know, just personally, uh, you know, for your uh, for your own uh, uh, sort of uh, knowledge and interest, what publications? I mean, who do you read? What do you read? Who do you follow? Uh, any insights on that? Yeah, the, uh, I try to read very widely uh, with lots of different uh, topics in mind to try to bring a lot of different concepts together. I think one of the things, especially on the innovation side, is really having as many different perspectives as you can to think about as many things um, that are happening as you can. So, of course, I do a lot of the industry publications um, around insurance and, and being an insurance carrier, but I also watch things outside of insurance. So general financial services products, especially things that are going for consumers, uh, just to see what's going on in that space. I love reading books about different ways to measure things uh, to make sure that you're actually headed towards the results that you want to uh, head toward. And then um, also books about mental models and the ways that we think about things. Um, one of the ones that I think is just a, a really good book is uh, Thinking Fast and Slow um, by Kahneman. Just a wonderful collection of different mental models and frameworks that can help us, you know, potentially get past some of these behavioral barriers that we're, that at least we're experiencing as we experiment with new technology that may mean a lot of things to us as an insurance company, but not necessarily inside the mission of an organization that we're supporting. And how do we um, work with the mindsets uh, to actually get the behaviors to align between the two of us? Wow, that's that sounds like a must read. Uh... Um, and, and you know what, I'll request you to just text me the name of that book. What we'll do is we'll, we'll yes. link it up as well. Uh, that would be a good thing for our listeners to also probably try to read. Uh, excellent. So uh, with that, I'm going to ask you uh, in this very last question literally in our, in our podcast, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take uh, uh, two names, right? And uh, you have to select one of them and tell us why. Uh, you selected that, sure. right? So when it comes to sports, baseball or football? Baseball. And why? Absolutely. I, I, I 
am not a big uh, sports fan or uh, athletics. I, I, you know, my personal activity is mostly uh, uh, weight training down in my basement versus a team sport. But I did play baseball when I was younger. Uh, I was in little league, and at that time, just the way things were, I was one of the two kids that could hit the ball out of the park. Of course, it was very small or right, in little league type of fast, but um, I enjoyed that very much. And it, uh, it's the all-American pastime, right? Excellent, excellent, super. Uh, Superman or Spider-Man? Superman, yeah, I, I enjoy them both. But uh, Superman, you know, another one of those all-American heroes, not afraid to show his face uh, when he's in hero mode. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got everything, right? The strength, the x-ray vision, all of that. Excellent. And then uh, golf or tennis? Oh, that's a hard one. I'll go with golf. I like uh, the idea of I'm not good at it in any way, shape, or form, but being out in nature and walking around, even though we're chasing a little white ball, uh, still an enjoyable thing for me. Excellent. Uh, paper books or ebooks? I'm still a paper guy. So, as much as I love innovation and technology, for me, there's something about holding that. Um, physical thing in your hand, flipping those pages. Um, I tend to be a person that likes to be able to um, visually see my accomplishments. So uh, turning a page, every page you turn, every chapter you turn, and when you actually finish that book and can put it on the shelf and, and know that that's something that you accomplished, uh, that's paper books for me. Got it. And then finally, Iceland or Hawaii as a vacation spot? Oh, this one's tough. I have not been to either one. And I have a daughter actually that did a report on Iceland. And so she's constantly telling us to go to Iceland. However, Hawaii uh, looks like another place with all kinds of natural wonders. Um, wow, I think I'm going to have to go with Hawaii first. Got it. Got it. Excellent. Super. So with that, we come to an end to this episode of Purple Ponderings. Uh, Kai, any final words from your side? Just thank you so much. Uh, again, we'd love to be a resource for anybody that is looking for some data points on how IoT can, can help out their business. Uh, we'd be happy to share our experiences. And thank you for the opportunity here, Pankaj. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kai.